Tale of the Manticore. Bonus material. The story so far. Chapters 11 through 20. What follows over the next few minutes is not an episode of Tale of the Manticore, and it will not take the place of a real episode. It's just bonus content, a mini-summary of the last ten chapters, told in the minimum number of words possible. Let's get started. At the beginning of chapter 11, Yellowfly has just cleared his name with the church after the City Watch Tower invasion gone wrong. But there is bad news, too. Captains Bellic and Sindwan have reconciled. Together, they are sure to cause real trouble for the church. Catsbane uses magic to translate the cipher from the safe house and learns the name Romola. He also finds clues that point to a sawmill in Mirpool. This appears worthy of investigation. Brother Ligo and the lovely novice Sivan prowl around in the basement of the Church of the Sacred Flame, but when she learns he does not have the key to the secret passage, she leaves him cold. Another subplot cutaway introduces us to Carrick Malmar, Catsbane's former master. He's been trying to open a wizard-locked door in a mysterious dungeon for ages without success. The next chapter begins with the PCs on their way to investigate the sawmill mentioned in the cipher. When they arrive at Mirpool, Yellowfly gives his companions a history lesson. He tells the story of Vincis, the warrior, Daenor, the wizard, and Yumia, the spymaster. He also talks about Aelwort, the silverthorn, a paladin. The companions travel to the old sawmill and find a shaft leading into the earth, hidden inside the foundation. But unbeknownst to the party, their presence in Mirpool has been noted by their enemy. Chapter 13 starts with Romola's backstory, how she was abducted by a witch named Night Mother when she was just a child, and how she was chosen to be an apprentice and to learn the secrets of the swamp. When we catch up with the PCs, they are investigating a dungeon hidden under the foundation of the abandoned sawmill. Shawnee finds a carrion crawler in a cell, but manages to trap the foul creature within it. In the next chapter, the PCs continue their dungeon crawl. They bypass a trap hidden in the ceiling. They find a prison and a torture chamber. An iron maiden hides a secret door leading to a study, where the PCs discover a locked metal strongbox and a list of captives and the people who paid for their incarceration and torture. One of the names on the list of the purchasers is Captain Bellick. This confirms that Bellick is working with the Weeping Eye. Brewer Luden is also on the list as a prisoner. Tamlin is so upset he decides to leave and marches right into the hall where the trap is waiting to be sprung. Chapter 15 opens with Tamlin springing the trap, but he manages to dive out of the way. There's nothing else to find or do in the dungeon, so the PCs leave. But on the way home, they hear a beautiful song in the distance and become completely enthralled. At least, everyone but Cole does. On his own, Cole cannot stop his companions from changing course and following the sound to its source. The music is coming from a harpy, who has been summoned and sent by Nightmother to hunt them down. The harpy's song leads the helpless companions right to the edge of a cliff. Cole is able to hold back Catsbane, but the other three walk right off it and take a 20-foot fall. A brief combat sequence follows, in which Cole and Catsbane drive off the creature. Alas, the victory is bittersweet, because Tamlin has broken his neck in the fall and died. The next chapter shows the grieving party heading back to Silmoral, where they learn not only about the bizarre murder at the Church of the Sacred Flame, but that the opportunistic Captain Bellic has used the crime as an excuse to hold a second round of persecution. A public execution is scheduled for today, and tomorrow, and the day after that. They are calling it Three Days of Blood and Justice. 
Yellowfly returns from a meeting with Lord Rabbit and confirms that Bellic's public claim of capturing the church's guildmasters is just bait to flush out the real leaders. In Chapter 17, the PCs establish themselves on the rooftop of the Dunwich Cidery Company so they can watch the execution in safety while they try to think up a plan. The execution plays out as expected, but Catsbane has an idea of how they can fight back. His idea has something to do with the time he spent working as an apprentice of the Royal Magus. The next chapter, from start to finish, details that plan. Everyone has a part to play. Yellowfly is in charge of bribing one of the City Watchmen's girlfriends and handles the money side of the operation. Catsbane's job is to infiltrate his former place of employment and steal a creature called a Ferrum Mendicare. Before he collects the creature, he must first shrink it with a potion of diminution. On impulse, he also snoops through Carrick's private study and swipes a letter with a strange wax seal. Shawnee is up next. She takes the shrunken creature from Catsbane and, in turn, hands it off to Cole, who is waiting at Burton Square on the third day of executions. Cole is key to the plan. He is the only one who cannot be recognized by the authorities and the only one who can move safely through a crowd. He does so, pushing his way to the front, carrying the Ferrum Mendicare. In Chapter 19, the plan becomes complicated by an unexpected wrinkle. Instead of a string of beheadings, on this day, Bellic has arranged for a special finale involving a trough filled with boiling oil that the prisoners must stand under and try to hold closed with wooden poles. Yellowfly's expensive bribery works properly, and the ranks of soldiers, now grown to 100 members, bunches together. That's the worst thing they could do, considering the common name for the Ferramandicare is a rust monster. Cole launches it into their midst, and all hell breaks loose. This is the cue for other church confederates to activate their own part of the plan, which involves two brave members jumping on the stage and freeing the prisoners, while toppling the boiling oil into the grouped soldiers behind the stage. Now it is pandemonium, and the crowd scatters while the soldiers and city watch members try to deal with the rust monster in their midst. The authorities had hoped for a memorable finale. I'd say they got one. The final chapter in this roundup, Chapter 20, describes the aftermath of the debacle at Burton Square. While Catsbane worries about a demonic wax seal he found in Carrick's personal chamber, Bellic and King Culfrey decide to implement a curfew while they try to recapture the escaped prisoners and make some further arrests. The Lord Rabbit orders the PCs to go into hiding, and they obey. By the time the curfew is lifted, they are bored and broke. To make a few coins, and likely just for something to do, Yellowfly and his team execute a little con job, involving some light purse cutting and a confidence grift that uses a marked coin. <laughs>